Right, exactly. What the hell? What the hell? Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Funbox Monster Podcast. My name is Tristan. I am Matt Awkward. And tonight we're going to be talking, we're taking a break from doing random garbage movies, <laughs> and we're going to do maybe one of my top ten movies of all time, I'm Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Man. What a great yeah, movie. I still remember renting this for the first time and how much it blew me away. Yeah. And it just keeps getting wilder and wilder. I, I owned this one when I was a kid. This was one of the movies that my, my dad bought me because my parents were divorced. I'd go to my dad's <laughs> house and he, he had bought me the copy of Nightmare 3. Don't tell your mother. <laughs> and I would watch that like every weekend when I went over there. Nice. I mean, yeah, this is, it's it's just, it's phenomenal. It's like one of the best sequels of all time, mm-hmm. certainly. It's funny. I It's funny that we're always doing like the sequel first for a bunch of these movies <laughs> because I find myself being, uh, often being a fan of sequels where like, Sure, Alien is a perfect movie, but Aliens is my favorite movie of all well, time. We've already covered Nightmare, and we've already, well. This is one of the few times. Yeah, Critters. We did two first. Like <laughs> yeah. all Ghoulies. of these things. There's so many of these movies that we did the second one first. But um, but yeah, Nightmare Three. I've already told the story on Nightmare One, but like, I had the I had the novelization, and I was waiting for this movie to come out because one through three got published in a little novel. And I was just like, oh, my God, all this crazy crap happens. I can't wait to see this. This is going to be amazing. And it was. Yeah. It was beyond my wildest expectations. I was obsessed with the puppet part when I was a, when I was a kid. Oof. That Freddy puppet. Terrifying. Even though it's just, you know, two seconds on screen. I would rewind that again and again. But it's so it amazing. It's so great. It's so good. Yeah, there are there are a million moments in this thing. They put so much care into it. The music got a real like glow up in mm-hmm. this one. Like this, the music in this Bottle one is Mente, just dude. Damn, next not around. fucking level. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, it's it's probably one of the best soundtracks ever, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. I just I love it. Um, there's, it's funny though. We were talking about this earlier, uh, where. I would have thought going into this to to try to look at it critically that this would have been a movie that I would have thought was absolutely perfect without any flaws and nothing that I would dislike in any way, shape or form. And I definitely found some parts that I was like, ah, same, you know, it's not going to no, nothing here ruins it for me. But like, I also hadn't watched this in a few years and I was just in my head. Yes, this was a perfect movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have watched this. I watched this movie way more than I probably should. Uh, and and even then, I've I've never watched it with a critical eye. I've never watched yeah. it to see what what makes it tick. I haven't I haven't I can't remember the. Uh, it's been a while since I've put a Freddy in, so it was yeah. Fun to, since uh, except for the first one that we covered right. a few months back, but yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. It's a, it, it it's funny because in general, with the exception of this movie, I think that every Freddy movie. Well, actually, okay, one and three, and maybe New Nightmare. Every other one, I'm shocked every time i watch them at how cheap they look mm-hmm. it always blows my mind how they like the sets look cardboardy and like everything they sure didn't looks cheap when i was a kid they, everything in looked my, perfect in my in my, yeah. in my memory yeah. but like you look at these i mean even this one there's moments in this movie too that you're like wow these sets like they look cheap 
Like it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, her upstairs bedroom looks like it's an apartment. Yes. But then when Nancy's talking to her in the living room, it's like, oh, you guys live in a mansion. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And she's it's like, literally oh, here's my peeling black crap wallpaper upstairs. She's literally calling for a servant yeah. to come get her bags, and the servant isn't answering. It's the only reason Nancy gets to go upstairs. <laughs> she probably doesn't really even have one. It was just an illusion. Oh like, boy. Where's my maid? And yeah, and that 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 theme of the awful parent continues through this one which is great because that's obviously that's the the driving theme of the nightmare on elm street movies is that parents just don't understand <laughs> now i'm really wondering if anybody's ever tried to pretend they had a servant like that before oh just like hollering for their servant oh, and they're like ah one million I guess she's percent. out of the building 100 <laughs> i would i would assume that it has been done in real life and i guarantee it's been done in a sitcom <laughs> at least once if not multiple times but Anyway, let's talk about this. I've got a million notes, and I'm, you know, obviously stoked to talk about it. Okay. All right. We start with the Poe quote about the little slices of death and how he loathes them and all that. Uh, But then we we start to hear the the nightmare soundtrack, and you can hear the, the real glow up of, like, just it's, there's a real orchestra. It's, like, really, really well put together. It's just... The first one sounded great, and it was really cool with the piano themes and all mm-hmm. of that. But this is like, you can see that some money has gone yeah. into this particular sequel. Um, and now we see Patricia Arquette for the first time, and she's making a little popsicle stick paper mache <laughs> version of the Nightmare House. It makes me want to make one. Oh, every time I watch this movie, I'm like, I'm like I why haven't I made yeah. a popsicle stick version of the Nightmare House? And it looks really good. Her house looks great. Uh, I also started thinking this watch, like, what if what if she just wasn't good at arts and crafts? <laughs> it, look, it looked like Homer's spice rack, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I know she makes a really no, nice. She house. makes a really good one. Uh, what I love, I love at the end when it's like, oh boy, this was a terrible experience. It's cut all the way to the end. Neil has survived this whole thing, and it's like, I'm gonna keep this doll that's supposed to keep away nightmares. Also, the house from the fucking nightmare, yeah. right next to my head. It's like, dude, burn that thing. What the fuck are you doing, buddy? Yeah, that is weird. But <laughs> did he know that that was the house? I don't know what because he, he wasn't in the dream world with any of them. He was once, but he never he never made it to the nightmare house because he just was too old. He looked too much like Bill Maher for them to let him into the nightmare house. <laughs> um, anyway, but uh, you know, this our soundtrack gets cut short because she's uh she's starting to fall asleep to this oh. classical music and she's like, "It's time for some docking." Yeah, and uh, and she plays she plays into the fire by docking and then starts taking teaspoonfuls of powdered coffee of like yeah instant coffee yeah. wash it down with diet coke oh gosh did i do that as a kid did you of course i did Did it hurt it was gross it was fucking gross i just wondered if that would upset your stomach with the the raw coffee grounds like that i mean it's not raw coffee grounds because oh, instant it, oh, coffee is that the ins- instant, oh, instant it coffee is like freeze-dried oh, okay. coffee so it's like oh i guess that's not that bad so i was i was imagining doing it with like real coffee yeah I feel like I did that to stay awake one night because I had seen it in this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the only the only one that I can imagine that I had was Sanka, which is decaf. Yeah. So I don't know what, <laughs> but I probably was wasting my time. Dumb kids. Fucking stupid kids. Wait for energy drinks to be invented and then you can ruin your kidneys, kids. Um, so mom comes in, uh, Bursts into the room. She's mad about the docking playing, and she's like, "She's Parents dressed." Just don't understand. <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> she's dressed for. I feel like 
an eighth grade prom, maybe? I think she was at like a fancy lad dinner. Like, she was, she's, she, wearing... she's home from a date, I believe. That, that was what I was gathering. She's wearing a metallic chiffon magenta dress with a black mink half coat over the top of it. she's rich. And she's got matching earring necklace statement jewelry that looks like it's made <laughs> from like aquarium glass. So you're saying she looks like she is in a high school play. She looks like, like she's out of her fucking mind yeah. is what it looks like. <laughs> like she looks like somebody, you know, she looks like she looks like Jerry Sizzler and her sister, Jerry Sizzler from I, the kids in the hall. Oh, I don't the know. two escaped mental patients who think that they're uh, they're lounge entertainers. Oh, man, I, I don't recall that one at all. One of my favorites. Um a kids reference i don't know look it up. it's one of the best i got the box set i'll, I'll find it <laughs> it's it's a recurring one too so that's huh. funny uh, anyway uh okay so she's angry with her daughter and she has a drunk boyfriend again like a like a repeat of uh, of an oh, old kid where's the bourbon <laughs> yes he's literally asking about booze so there's like the drunk parents thing coming back um and so she sits in the bed and like literally tucks her daughter into bed and kind of is like, she's like, no, you don't want to keep him waiting, do you? And it's like, well, I mean, I did invite him over. I, yeah. I kind of don't. <laughs> like, and also he seems like a scumbag and he's probably stealing my fucking silverware, honestly. And my bourbon. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, but so she's, she lays in bed processing the thousands of milligrams of caffeine that she's ingested. <laughs> And she somehow manages to fall asleep looking at her cool popsicle stick Freddy house. And just as just as her eyes close, she gets transported into the front yard of said house while the little kids jump rope in slow motion while chanting the iconic Freddy jump rope. I love line. the visual here. It's so great. And then the little girl yeah. on the tricycle just doing circles on the little yep. upper steps. It's it again, all works. Oh, all of this works really well, and and screenwriting wise, like again, this this script is tight as fuck. It's so smart. Uh, the exposition is clean and not noticeable whenever it comes in. Like you can tell it's there, but it doesn't it doesn't make itself really obvious. Uh, and this like grabbing themes from the first movie and actually exploiting them in a way that's clever. Like the the jump rope rhyme doesn't get much exploration and it keeps coming back in this one yep and it really has a payoff whenever it comes back and it's just i love this script um anyway uh okay here's the other thing yep what is her name the what Ar is patricia arquette's name isn't it Kristen? is it kirsten Kristen, or kirsten oh it, i feel like there all are three of them work I swear <laughs> to God, all three of them are used in this movie because she's like at some point she's like, oh, her name is Kristen. Like her mother calls her Kristen. One of the one of the people there calls her Kirsten. And then, I mean, to be fair, as a Tristan, I'm called Tursten, Christian and Kirsten. <laughs> Can I call you Tursten for now on? Kirsten <laughs> is the one that like blows my mind. It's like, what, how are you avoiding Christian? And Tristan at the same and time. I, I can't even fathom this. <laughs> that's, and it's not even just one person that's done it. Like, if it was one person, I'd go, oh, well, the, that's they were having an aneurysm. Yeah. Of course that, <laughs> of course, it happened. But it's happened multiple times. So I guess I forgive everyone for not getting it 100% right. I'm just calling you Tristan for now. 
<laughs> Tursten. Uh, okay, so little tricycle girl uh, shows up. And since it's a dream, she, I guess, I love the, I love the fact that she follows her into the basement. She knows she's on a tricycle. Yeah. And it's like, like, did you go down these stairs? Like in my mind, all I can picture is her like plummeting down those (laughs) stairs on that tricycle at a million miles an hour, like totally extreme sports style. Uh, And she's like, she finds her down there next to the boiler, of course. And she says, this is where he takes us. The boiler blows a burst of flame. Uh, and uh, she says, Freddy's home. Which, which is cool. It's all fucking great. I mean, it's also a call out in the pinball machine. Oh, yep. <laughs> which I love. Um, it so, also makes me wonder what, like, who's controlling everything here? Like, in Freddy's dream world here, where, because now he's home, where, are these kids just free to, are they free to do whatever they want? Do they want to jump rope in slow motion? Or is this all Freddy's doing? Are there I, any free will here? I assume there is. You think the girl is just Freddy? I assume tricks? there is free will in this. I, like, uh, it's almost like I think the way I've always thought of it is that it's sort of like a, a painting that he's left and it just sort of is on autopilot. And like he can come into these different places that he's created as dream areas. But like, this is like, this is his home base, essentially. This, like, the house is where. Is where he goes, you know, he's he's out and about looking at stuff, messing with people in other places. And he, as we know, he goes through power levels and upgrades because he's like, as people forget about him, they become, he becomes weaker. And so he needs to be constantly reminding yep. people to, hey, hey, I'm over here. Check it out. And then he can come and kill them. So that's why you notice his pun powers also increase throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. He's like plus 20 puns. On this. But only plus 20 puns about. 30 minutes into the movie we don't get a freddy pun in this movie until the 30 minute mark really crazy we don't see him that much anyway until the... we see him we do see him a few times yeah and he's just like bitch or you know like <laughs> hey jerk he really has he only has like you and you know like he has like tall man lines okay. more than anything else in this and then then like about halfway through he starts really getting into the puns um so, uh, Kir- Kristen, Kirsten, Kirsten, uh, she grabs the little girl and runs out of the basement, but she gets stuck in dream mud and she can't run. Which is what actually happens to you yeah, in dreams. You that, can't move. You're like, that same, that same kind of nightmare feeling. And Freddie runs up behind her, but she, as we find out later, has special dream acrobatic powers. So she frees herself by doing a big jump out of the mud and Freddie just pulls a scooby-doo villain and swipes at the air behind her and she gets out of the See, way that's where i was wondering I, I was she able to get out of that on her own or do you think was it, that's she because this is what my brain was doing when i was watching this critically i was just like okay is freddie just letting her goop around and not move and then is freddie letting her get away just so he can have like the chase and to scare or you can only imagine that that is what the what they're thinking is going on with freddie because Freddy's abilities are so huge. Like when, when he's using his power or whatever, whatever you say, he can, he can separate them and put them into scenarios all by themselves. So if he can pull them apart and do all that stuff, he's essentially omniscient. And so he's clearly like giving them the opportunity to beat him for reasons unknown 
I mean, it's it's because of a because it's a movie and yeah. they need to have something, you know, that needs to have a plot. But um, she gets out, but she does have this this acrobatic ability, and that's that is her dream. That's her power. superpower. Again, this, I can do flippy flips. Exactly. <laughs> this is a superhero movie. Like I, I really feel like this is this is like this movie is a the first horror superhero movie, and I love it. Like I, I love it for that as well. As a comic fan and a horror fan, it really does scratch both itches very nicely. Um, but she gets out. And uh, and she runs into this room that is like this crazy, cartoony, heavy metal magazine <laughs> version of an abattoir or something. And there's a just gigantic corpse party. Hundreds yeah. of teens hanged from nooses everywhere you look. It is awesome and horrible. Uh, and then the little girl says, hey, put me down. You're hurting me. <laughs> Turns out she's a burned out corpse. Ah, This wakes her up. And or does it? <laughs> and she walks into the bathroom and classic Freddy. The dream's not over yet. Uh, she gets grabbed by the faucet, which turns into hands. One of them comes out as a skeletal arm. It pops blades out of it. So Just, great. Ah. This movie's great at making arms out of yes. things. <laughs> oh, absolutely. A very. Uh, I mean. So many clever kills in this and so many amazing special effects and so many just so many creative special effects and just there are ideas everywhere. And sometimes when you have a movie like this, you'll have so many ideas that it fucks it all up. (laughs) Like you're you're so anxious to get all of these crazy ideas out that you just put too much stuff in. And this movie is just the exact right amount that it's never there are only like maybe five minutes of this movie that are ever boring. And that's then that's saying something. And those moments are important exposition usually. Yep. So uh, she gets slashed in the wrist by one of the Freddy claws and turns around. Her mom wakes her up and it looks as though she's tried to commit suicide. Uh, so when you ask if this is Freddy letting her get away to be fair he is putting her in this room where everyone is talking about freddy which is the thing that gets his message out so so is is, he playing a long game possibly it's hard to know what the screenwriter thought when they were pulling this together but it seems like and it's also that would give him more power if everybody was talking about him so it's like so i need to put this girl into Exactly. And we've already gotten, it's interesting because it's as though they just forget that part two ever happened. I think, I believe they did. Yeah. I think they're just ignoring it entirely. I love part two. I love part two as well. Um, But the whole, I mean, it has the dumbest line ever. Uh, You are all my children of Elm Street or whatever the (laughs) fuck that line is. But uh, that whole line would undo the reason that this whole thing is happening because these evidently are the remaining children of Elm Street, as we find out later. Anyway, Lawrence Fishburne shows up. Yeah. And he's an orderly, and he's pushing the day's meds down the hallway in his little cart. Uh, We have the introduction of our cool guy, Dr. Neil, who is the, he's the nice guy doctor. We have like, we have the two. we have the nurse ratchet doctor. Yeah, we have the evil doctor who's mean to everybody and doesn't believe anything. And this guy's like a, 
kind of a laid back hip doctor and he's like maybe we should believe the kids when they say that there's demons coming it's like maybe not they're they are in a mental institution for a reason uh but so i kind of agree with her for a little bit of it um this is one of those movies too i don't feel like it's as bad as some of the movies we've seen but it is a movie that's like oh i can't believe science is looking at this stuff and they're like Oh, mental illness is a real thing. What it really is is demons. You should always listen to the crazy people. <laughs> like, uh, no, you really shouldn't. This is this is how we've gotten to the place we are in society today: is listening to the crazy people. Let's listen to doctors and stuff. <laughs> but unless I, they're crazy doctors, <laughs> like Doctor Giggles. Yeah. You know what? Listen to Doctor Giggles too. He's where got did he gr- get that band aid? He's got some. Oh my God! Where did he get that fucking band aid? <laughs> Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> speaking of, man, Dark Horse, killing it back in the day. Those Dr. Oh, those Giggles comic- comics were so I've good. I've not read them. They're awesome. I have yeah. them here. I oh. probably could find them and loan them to you. Sick. I was just reading the Pumpkinhead comics from back then. stand over there. So fucking good. Yeah. It's so good. It looks like Kelly Jones art. It's some other guy that I'd never heard of before, but oh, looks awesome. Anyway. Okay. So uh, Hip Doctor shows up. And he's talking to Lawrence Fishburne. And this is like, again, how they're really good with their their dispensing with all the exposition stuff. He comes in and he has like a kind of a it's not funny, but it's like at least interesting enough to not be a boring way to say there have been a bunch of suicides. He's like. Listen, doctor, I got a, I got a theory about all these suicides. It's all the acid everybody was doing in the 60s. Well, you know, and it's but it's just a very clean way to get that out. And then we get little character sketches of all of our all of our titular dream warriors as we walk down the hallway. This is just like one long shot. There's very few edits in this. And it's just basically like we see one of them and it's like, oh, hey, this is the one that doesn't talk. Yep. Oh, hey, this is the one that was the junkie and she's kind of shy. When we meet Joey, he has a teardrop tattoo, right? He sure does. Does that vanish or am that I crazy? That does vanish. Okay. <clears throat> what is up with that? Uh, I guess you originally know? he was probably going to have killed someone in a prison riot or something. I fucked if I know, man. That's weird. Because I was watching it today and I was just like, I've never noticed that tattoo before. So then I was looking for the next screen, and I was like, oh, where'd it go? <laughs> he does not have the teardrop tattoo for the rest of it. I'm sure there's an explanation very for strange. it. Very strange. Yeah, it's very weird. And it, it blew my mind, because I never noticed that detail until... Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I had never noticed today. his teardrop tattoo either. Then again, I watched it on DVD today, and I've only probably ever seen it on tape before. So I got have... a little bit of an excuse with him. I've bought it on every format that (laughs) (laughs) I've bought this box set every single time a new format comes out because I can't help myself. But uh, so cool hip doctor meets the prim proper nurse ratchet disciplinarian doctor and we get introduced to her as the big obstacle who's not going to believe anybody. Uh, this this introduction gets interrupted by an emergency. The doctors jog down the hallway to to find out what's going on. Uh, we go past Kristen's mother and it's like she's we're just hearing her in the background say, oh, Kristen's making stuff up because she wants attention. Yeah. <laughs> As they go past and she's freaking out and trying to murder. She just wants attention. Man. <laughs> she just wants attention. <laughs> but uh, ever since they proposed sedating her, she is 
out of her mind. Understood. And um, yeah. You know what? The nurse ratchet character never gets her come up into this, does she? She doesn't. Weird. That is weird. And also I Those characters <laughs> always get theirs, you know what I mean? Like the Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Huh. And and again, I hate to I hate to belabor the point, but she's not really a villain. Like, if you thought of this, if you didn't know that we are talking about a, a world where Freddy Krueger exists, if you're thinking about just a world where you have a loved one in a mental institution, yeah. and one of them is like, I don't know, maybe we should just say that their delusions are real. And maybe give them this totally experimental, experimental drug <laughs> while they're just like knocking themselves off left and right through suicide. And it's like, no, how about fucking not? And she's portrayed as this monster. And like you feel that she's a monster, but also in real life, she's just being reasonable. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, okay, so Jennifer burns herself so she can't have cigarettes. <laughs> Uh, the violent kid is in isolation. The he's girl, always in isolation. He's always there. He keeps on trying to bend chairs. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually he learns how to do it. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. So uh, Patricia Arquette is like fighting everybody. And she finally grabs a scalpel, which as we as we know from bad dreams, mental hospitals are lousy with scalpels. Oh, yeah. There's literally, in Bad Dreams, there was that whole room dedicated to storing yeah, old rusty, rusty yeah. scalpels. <laughs> yeah, they encourage... It's like a gumball machine, only a scalpel pops up. They're like, I don't know. Later on, they're like, I don't know how he got the razor blades to cut his eyelids off. Yeah. Hey, guess what? I do. You leave fucking scalpels out <laughs> everywhere in a mental hospital. Um, That's how they work. Yeah. Badly. Anyway, uh, she cuts Lawrence Fishburne. And then she starts chanting the jump rope rhyme. She gets to nine ten, and in a super soap opera cut, we whip pan to the door. And who is it? Nancy. Nancy. She's got gray streaks like Mr. Fantastic in her hair because she's seen some shit. Um, and she says, never sleep again. And Patricia Arquette is like, someone finally understands me. And she's like, where did you hear that? jump rope rhyme and then patricia arquette just falls into her arms weeping i feel like in a weird way her reappearance here wouldn't be as cool without the second movie yes if oh that makes absolutely any sense. Like, yeah, which yeah, is, no, which is totally crazy agree. to think about because this movie just pretends that one didn't even exist exactly but it's like that makes the fact that there was that gap between the two films makes this hundred percent re-entry so much more potent absolutely agree very strange uh, i think that I think her reintroduction, I think that whoever styled her did an incredible job. Like, the way that she looks, just her hair and her pantsuit, like, that whole, like, really aggro business look. Yep. Like, like 80s businesswoman thing that she's got got going on. It's great. And in addition, I love the fact that they kept the, the gray streaks in her hair, um, which, did she still have those at the end of part one? I didn't think she did. I, I think recall. she did. I think she wound up with gray streaks in her hair in part one. Huh. I thought and that was added for this. Yeah, I think so. But I thought that they, bah, whatever. There Who was a, the, the second ending, but blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, either way, uh, we cut to outside the facility where the nice doctor and Nancy have a walk and talk. And she learns what she clearly already knew going in, which is that these kids have a shared delusion, delusion of a boogeyman 
uh, and this is where he drops the line that some kid cut his eyelids off to stay awake. Uh, she drops her bag and... Okay, what's up with this? And her hypnosil falls her out. Her hypnosil falls out. He picks it up and just stares and reads it. And she's like, oh, thank you. Like... Mm, yeah, that's not... What? Nosy much, brah? <laughs> yeah, that is... He's definitely violating the social contract there. Yeah. Big, big time. And she doesn't seem to care at all, though. And that's... So that's... Which I found weird. A level. I feel like the the more important thing is that he is a doctor who is specializing in dream problems with children. He's and he's like, what the fuck is hypnosil? Yeah. I gotta look this <laughs> gotta... shit up. It's like, dude, really? <laughs> Are you really a doctor? <laughs> I'm a bad doctor. <laughs> he's a bad doctor. I know that kid's one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh Okay, uh, she walks off with spooky Freddy music playing behind her, and he kind of stares. All right. Uh, she meets with Lawrence Fishburne, who gives her an office. He introduces her to another one of our <laughs> dream love, warriors. I love Fishburne's arm where he got cut. They just gave him, like, the tiniest band-aid so when it looked like a gigantic, like, stitch-needing gash. Cut with a scalpel. Yeah. And no... it was like a four-inch long line on his <laughs> arm, and then when you, you see him here, it's like... Oh, I got a paper cut. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That was funny. Uh, uh, the the newest of our dream warriors that she meets is Philip the Walker, so <laughs> named because he sleepwalks. He also makes marionettes. Yeah. Two things that seem like they have nothing to do with each other. But they will. But guess what? That's going <laughs> to pay off. Uh, his roommate is Kincaid, the kid who always gets locked up in the quiet room all the time. Because he's a loudmouth. He is. Um, I love Kincaid. I love Kincaid as well. And as he says, I think, I think he has said this, the actor, that he is the only black character in a slasher up until that point to survive the the end killings. (laughs) So congratulations, Kincaid, for being, uh, you know, one of the only people to survive a, a slasher attack. Uh, or people of color to survive a slasher attack up until that point. Okay, so um, we also see Joey as they leave, and he is fully nonverbal, and he has a crush on one of the nurses, uh, which is not too surprising because she 100% looks like a penthouse pet and not a nurse. She probably is. I mean, she probably (laughs) was. She's like a bikini model, uh, but... Yeah, and again, that's where we see the teardrop tattoo that vanishes. Uh, it's such a stupid look on him, too. Like, I mean, he's such a kid. He's a child. Yeah. And we're supposed to believe that he was like... He's got what, a hardened killer? Yeah, that he jail? was some sort of like M13 gang member <laughs> or something. Like, come on, man. Um, I wonder if they realize it. That's what happened. They're just... Or the actor really did kill someone for a gang as a... And that's the only scene they forgot to put the makeup on? Oh, shit, we got to cover that (laughs) up. We don't want anyone knowing that he's a hardened killer. Uh, Okay, so Nancy goes to Kirsten... Kirsten. Kirsten. I'm just going to say it weird every time because I don't know what to say. Uh, And she's interviewing uh, Kirsten's mother and... Her statement jewelry, Kristen's mother's statement jewelry, just gets bigger in every scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
there's <laughs> there's a feeling that like at some point her statement jewelry is going to be so big by the end of the movie that she's just going to be stuck to the floor. <laughs> it's like the, that policewoman's hat that keeps getting bigger and exactly, scary. Movie. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Um, so as per nightmare rules, Kristen's mom's totally dismissive. Uh, she thinks she's she thinks her daughter's being a brat. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Uh, whereas Nancy's mom was an alcoholic who at least cared about her daughter. Like mm-hmm. you knew that her mom cared. Kristen's mom, mom sucks. Yeah. is just a fucking monster, like straight up monster. And, um, she's like a mommy dearest style caricature of a mother. Uh, so she calls for the, for the housekeeper or maid or whatever the hell to bring down Kristen's things, but nobody answers. So Nancy goes up. Uh, she pokes around the room, of course, and sees that perfect popsicle replica of the house she used to live in. And, um, then we cut away. We go back to the doctor guy where he's like, hmm, what is the most basic drug that you could use on these things? Weird. I should probably go back to school. Uh, I love that he's looking up hypnosil, but like, then, then he types something. Like, what is, what is he typing? He's, like, reading about it. I don't it's, know. It's like looking up something at Wikipedia, and then all of a sudden you're like, I just need to type ten letters while I read this. <laughs> yes. I, you know, people in the yeah. mid-80s did not understand how computers worked. No, it's it's just, that is that is just kind of a thing. <laughs> Crack uh, me up, man. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, we go back to the hospital, and Kristen is visited by the little girl's tricycle. Looks like she's fallen asleep again. Uh, it oh, wheels dude. into her room and leaves bloody tire tracks behind it. And then melts. How do they do this effect? You got me, man. <laughs> it looks so good. It's beautiful. I mean... The bike like kind of melt, is like melty and it crinkles and implodes. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It is a great effect. I mean, Love it. It's always blowing my mind watching that scene. It's such such a good looking effect. Um, and so... The, it doesn't look stop motion at all. It's like they're... No. It looks like a tricycle is... For real, imploding on itself. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, it really is. It's it's really good. I mean, the effects in this movie are absolutely top notch. This is like, this is top of the game, eighties special effects stuff. This is really like this is like pretty much the height. Maybe part four because you had Screaming Mad oh, yeah, George. Part four was all out like, with the effects too. That the cockroach in part four was kind of. I mean, there's good luck topping that. Yeah, but um. But this is that kind of thing where just like, it's just peak awesome looking with set design as well. Yes. Like when they have to go down yes. that spir- spiral metal oh staircase. Oh my God. Can you just imagine watching it now? They'd be like a big, gigantic, exaggerated CG yeah. staircase. They walking around the set. Like all this shit's built by hand and it looks so incredible. Yeah, it, it really does. This, it's, oh, it's so good. And this, this scene is great too. I can't remember exactly what they do. I can't remember if it's like a like a rack focus thing or how they get out. But there's a moment here where she's like, she's in the hospital and then it's like camera moves somehow crazy. And then we go back and then the doorway shows that she's actually in the house. And yeah. there's some sort of crazy transition. Love it. Um, uh, she's now she's in the nightmare house and uh, she's looking at a rotting pig carcass on the table from somebody's delicious I guess Hawaiian luau. Yeah, it was right, Freddy's Freddy's Hawaiian get together <laughs> with all his. Does Freddy have friends? Was there ever? I was thinking about this too. Mm. Like, 
Because we find Good out that question. we find out that he was like infected with the dream demons, and there are plural dream demons. Like, Ugh, yeah. are there other Freddies in the world? And like, could could he band together to fight the dream warriors with his? Band oh, is of, there is there a legion of doom? That's what to I'm saying. Justice yes, League? yes, yes, yes. Ooh, <laughs> that could have been a neat explored, unexplored uh, sequel there. Like Freddy teaming up with uh, that a, a different baddie, and then the baddie awesome. was like actually too vicious for Freddy, and Freddy's like, ah, Jesus, I wish I never <laughs> called like, you. Wait. <laughs> Buddy, you've got no flair. What are you doing? You're yeah. just killing them. He's just like he shows up and they instantly die. And he's like, "Yeah, this is it's really efficient. <laughs> I just I just snap my fingers and they drop dead." And he's like, "Wait, <laughs> yes, you didn't open Ash. You didn't turn into a into a, like a burglar and like show up in their house with a sack of money and then the money was bugs and it ate them." No, I just I just kill them. I just kill them. <laughs> like, I, I just think about it, and they're dead, because that's how it works. Freddy's like, fuck this. You, you can, can leave. You, you can leave now. Get, dude, get out of here. This is this is pointless. I mean, and that's the thing, is I think, to that point, this is kind of Freddy's thing. I mean, he likes doing this dumb, weird shit, and that's why we get these movies. Because <laughs> with his abilities, it could just be like, oh, yeah, you drop dead in your in your dreams. Yeah. Instantly, and you wouldn't have much fun. Uh, okay, so uh, the the pig tries to bite her, and she runs out of the room into the living room, and we see, like, a Bugs Bunny-style lump appear in the carpet, and it's like, whoa, going around, <laughs> and then it goes through the wall and tears all the plaster off the wall like somebody's pulling the copper wire out so good. to buy meth. Uh, <laughs> but it turns out it's not actually a meth addict. It's a Freddy snake worm thing penis. And it grabs her by the legs, starts slowly eating her. But it comes up out of the floor. That whole look of coming out, grabbing her, then fall. That moment. It looks so good. Is, again, you could have done this a million different ways that would have been easy. Mm -hmm. There are a million easy ways to do that, or much easier. And there's not an easy way to do this scene. (laughs) But there are way easier ways to do it. And they went the most difficult way. That thing where it shoots out, it goes 10 feet in the air. Yeah. And drops her, like body slams her. And then starts eating her a bit at a time. I it's love it. Insane. It's so good. Um, so it starts to swallow her like a boa constrictor. Basically, it's like, rom, rom, rom. <laughs> and uh, and she screams out for Nancy, and Nancy's like, "What? What's that?" <laughs> and then she instantly like holds her head and falls asleep, falls backwards into her chair, and goes through the chair and into the dream world. And she sees uh, Kristen being eaten by a dream worm, and she's like, oh, fuck this. Yep. Picks up a piece of broken glass and from the floor. she doesn't hesitate for a second. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> she's a fucking commando. You remember the the end of the first one? She yep. had, She's had, what, 15 years to prepare for this next one. So she is... She's like Kevin McAllister. <laughs> and now she's... Uh, now she's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando, basically. Like Kevin McAllister. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, you know, there's not a lot of dream guns. I mean, not that anything ever really works, but it is surprising that they don't go the, like, dream machine gun route. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised there was never that in one of these, but... Anyway, God damn it, Taryn. You're, I mean, your knives are cool, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, (laughs) Right, exactly. Terran, what are you doing? (laughs) I got Peter Pan knives. (laughs) Okay, okay, cool. Those three-inch knives are neat. Like, those things would clear airport security. They're so small. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Anyway, but uh, so she stabs Freddy in the eye and... He goes, ah, they run out the door. But before she gets out the door, Freddy sees her and goes, you. And he's pissed because he does not like Nancy because she totally, uh, totally owned him. And in- kudos to the effects here, too, because like this is the first reunition between yeah. Freddy and Nancy. And Freddy's just a big giant worm puppet. And it still comes across as like expressive. It's expressive as fuck. And it comes across as if it was really him looking that's at That's Robert Englund, and you can tell that he's mad. What the fuck? Yeah. That's crazy. That's, I mean, again, just <laughs> so top notch. Okay. Uh, they run away and wake up. Nancy finds out that Kristen can bring people into her dreams. Nancy reveals that Freddie is real. And next day we go to the the group therapy and we meet the rest of the justice league straight talk only straight talk only in this room (laughs) and we are introduced to a new person that we hadn't seen yet who is will stanton he's a nerdy kid with giant glasses who's wheelchair bound due to a jumping based suicide attempt taryn our ex-heroin addict who uh tried to od and her quirk is that she's super shy and jennifer is the person who burns herself with cigarettes and she wants to be a tv star yeah um so the mean lady doctor that can't see that there's anything weird about the fact that they all dreamed about the same person, uh, all completely separately. Uh, that sure sounds weird to me. She says, no, it's because you're all sexually repressed and guilty. <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, fair. I mean, uh, if you describe that fucking Freddy worm, then I'm definitely going to think that you're sexually repressed because <laughs> that thing was a giant dick. Um Okay, so back in Will's room, we find out that he's a D&D nerd. He and Taryn and Joey are playing. He's roping everybody else into his fantasy nerd madness. Yes, and <laughs> in the laziest naming convention, calls it, <laughs> the game is called Wizard Master, and he himself calls himself the Wizard Master. You couldn't have just like named it anything else, but whatever. I like it. I mean, I like... <laughs> But we were just talking yeah. about we were yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about the the whole like bad sitcom naming conventions yep. for like heavy metal bands or comic books or any of that stuff where it's just it's not that hard to come up with something that sounds like a comic book or sounds like a role. I still feel game. this one kind of works. It's not terrible. I just I don't like it. Feels so lazy that feels, the name it does of the feel game very generic. Yeah. and his character name <laughs> for the game is the same thing. And that, like, it's just the wizard master. It would be like, like, I'm a superhero. I'm called the strong guy, you know, from fucking, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, wait a minute, crap. Shit, Marvel already has a dude named Guido whose code name <laughs> is strong guy. Oops. But, yeah, but that is stupid. <laughs> but to be fair, he's stupid. Um, so, whatever. He is the wizard master. <laughs> uh, and uh, so... Taryn bails and Will and Joey go to bed and we, we find, find out that they're sleeping in shifts. Yes. One person's keeping watch. The other person's yep. getting their Z's. Yes. Which is, I mean, that's a great little, again, there's no, there's no stone left unturned for the characters in this. They're really like 
exploiting every every single moment they can there's like something new to explain yep. how they're dealing with this situation um and so uh nancy goes on what i think is a fairly inappropriate dinner date with uh with neil yeah their relationship all of their is stuff in this movie is a little weird weird yeah like i think they're i assume they're dating that's what it kind of seems like. It just like, feels but like they, they never, instantly decided to date. But they never even kiss or anything either. So it's like, are they? And then it's like later on, they're having that candlelight dinner. Yes. But but also it was thunder showering outside. So I was like, oh, is there? did they lose power? Is that why there's candles? Or is it a romantic? Yeah, yeah, everything the, with them is so weirdly very, ambiguous. Yeah. It's very weird. Um, but this is where, uh, you know, they talk about the hypnosil. She wants him to prescribe them hypnosil. He's like, no, it's dangerous. They're suicidal, blah, blah, blah. Um, back in Philip, the Walker's room, we get our first Freddy. We get our first real Freddy murder here. And this is, it's beautiful. It's fucking so good. It's beautiful. We get a stop motion Freddy cutting his own, his own bounds. He turns into, he, he takes one of the unfinished marionettes. Yep. And cuts the strings, turns into himself slowly. When I when I was a kid, I I couldn't get enough of that him turning into the puppet. Yeah, and that that scene, I used to rewind that a bunch. And then once he did, he cut the veins and everything. So brutal. It was so brutal. Like as a kid, I was just like, oh, I thought it was so neat though. But at the same time, I was so grossed it's out by so it. So disgusting. That I was just like, I remember like wincing turning wincing turning. Be like, that's so fucking <laughs> awesome. But my dad couldn't handle it at all. He was like, he hated that scene oh. so much. Especially when they show the gnarly close-ups of his like yes. ankle, his foot, like ah, but yeah, man, it, it just looks so good. It looks so good. <laughs> I can't and get enough of that. The scene. concept is so disgusting. Just the whole thing. He basically so Freddy shows up. He slices him. He slices through the air, and then just magically makes his his tendons tear out of his arms and legs, and he uses them as marionette strings to walk him down the hallway. Now here's the here's a problem I have with this. Uh, or not a problem. I mean, it's just weird. Like the scene where we see him walking through the the front office. You know what I mean? And then he agree transitions through the door. Like yep. he, how? Like because if it's we're seeing him doing his thing in the sure. dream world, that makes sense in the dream world. But we're in the real person world, watching him dissolve through a door. Absolutely. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Absolutely, I do not know. I kind of wish we just saw him. Because it was a push door. It could have just, like, and his head, his arms right. out. He could have just pushed the door and kept walking. No, it's, it's very strange, but, I mean... Odd choice. I think I think they're probably trying to explain how he got through a locked door. And, again, Freddy does have influence on the outside world. There are things that he does that are impossible, magical things yep. in the real world as well. We've seen him, you know, explodes, explode Johnny Depp into a thousand gallons of blood that shot backwards out of his <laughs> his bed. So, I mean, he can affect magical things on the outside, and that's probably just explaining how he got out of a locked ward. Okay. That's my guess. And nobody mentions that. It feels like that would have been an opportunity for them to be like, how did he get out of the yeah. locked ward? Like, at least the kids would have that ammunition to be like, well, then explain how he got from his bedroom out the door, you know, and they couldn't answer that question. And they're just like, well, someone left the door unlocked or whatever. Um, and again, we're through, we're 30 minutes in here and Freddie has yet to make a quip. So pretty interesting. 
in fact, I think he's only said one word. He's only said you. Yeah. Um, that's a nice buildup, man. It is. I, I, that's, yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, okay. And so Freddy grows to full size, you know. And, and, and it's been half an hour in the movie without yeah. even a kill yet. And it still hasn't been. The movie's interesting enough that you're just like, and you're not complaining like, how the hell has nobody died in a slasher in thirty minutes? But it's like, freaking works. And this <laughs> is the and this is the thing, uh, I think, I think this is the recipe that I I wish more things would have followed after this point, or you know, going forward even. Uh, you don't need to have any kills. You can have supernatural things happen. And half, like, you can Scooby-Doo it where it's like, oh, he's getting ready to kill them and he manages to miss or it doesn't happen yet. Yep. And then it builds up to the point where you get the kills later on. I feel like since they based the next movie directly following this one, I feel like they didn't feel like they needed to build it up anymore because they were directly linking it to this guy. And then everyone subsequently went, well, we already did cockroaches and giant puppet masters and, like... And they you know he's crazy. To, yeah. So let's just be crazy off the bat. But yes, it's hard to see if it. It's hard to tell if it actually would work if they built up the other ones slower, like this one. Yeah. It, I mean, it almost feels like it would be redundant. Exactly. It, I, I can so I feel see. Like you've kind I of can like, see you, why you've, gone you've spent so, that penny. You've gone so yeah. big. Now you just gotta keep rolling with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no going back to the. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's weird. But okay. So we see. Uh, we see Philip up in the tallest window of the building. It's in, in fact, I think he's in the. Uh, that's that's the place where uh, where Freddie was born is or conceived essentially, right? That's the yes in that tower. Whatever that thing is, it was the the belfry monastery, the nunnery. No, I guess it wasn't a nunnery. It was a, just a. It was a. It was a insane it wasn't asylum. A, it I wasn't a say. chapel. It was just an insane asylum. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a place where they put the worst of the worst. Yep. And uh, and so. Joey tries to get the nurse's attention, but he can't talk, so he just grabs her tray, pulls all of her food off it, throws it across the room, and then starts slamming the trays, running down the hallway. Great physical acting here. Yep. He's running back and forth, smashing the doors with the tray. Just uh, the, the kid is really good yeah. at what he's doing. And we see, and apparently... Some of our dream warriors see this as well because Will later says that he saw Freddy, right? I don't remember that. Or maybe he's no, he said that he saw him awake. That's what he says. No, no, no. That's what he okay. says when he says he saw him. So, yeah, I don't think anybody sees giant. No, he doesn't Master see Freddy. giant no. Puppet Master Freddy. But Freddy cuts the strings. He falls to his death. Um, okay. Next day in group, they all talk about their feelings, and the kids all know it was Freddy. Uh, and the adults, except for Nancy, refuse to believe them. Uh, they argue for a while. And yet again, an old lady makes a decision that's going to kill a bunch of kids. This is where she <laughs> makes her like, this is the this is the questionable, potentially evil choice that she makes here. Yeah, where she's, she's like, like, I'm just going to get sedi- sedatives for she everybody. She knows that they're all afraid to sleep. And yet she's like, she's going the fascist route of being like, fuck you, you're going to sleep. Yep. And then you feel much better when you do. Yeah. Um, or you'll be dead or you'll be dead uh, which is of course we know that's what's going to happen Uh, she says she's locking all the doors and sedating everyone as policy Kincaid flips out and they call the orderlies they drag him off to the quiet room 
Dr. Feathered Hair has decided to prescribe Hypnosil, and the mean doctor is not happy about it. But she relents pretty fast. She does. But she's but she's like, also what? like... You're crazy! Okay, fine. Well, fine. You could do it. But if it goes wrong, it's your fault. <laughs> but if these kids all die, yeah. I'm narking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, <laughs> at this point, you've lost a lot of kids. Like, yeah. out of this group, you have lost a lot of kids. So... I just gotta go to the experimental drugstore. It does feel... <laughs> <laughs> That is another thing where it's like, wait a minute, it's an experimental <laughs> drug and you're just going to kind of get it? <laughs> Whatever. Hey, Nancy's got the hookup. Nancy has She's, the she hookup. She knows a guy. She does. <laughs> She's probably been hoarding it. She could probably bring it in herself. She probably has drawers <laughs> full of the shit. Um, I know I would if I were her. Yeah. So. Um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne finds Jennifer in the TV room and she's watching Critters. Yes. <laughs> and um, Alone in the Dark. Oh, really? Pops up real quick between nice. channel changes. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, meanwhile. New line, new line getting their money's worth with their own shit. Where's Lynn Shea in all this? Yeah. What the hell? What the hell, new line? What are you doing? Um, okay, so we it get this. It's weird she doesn't have a cameo in this at all. It's very strange. She must have been doing something else. She must have had a cameo in some other new line movie while they were doing this. <laughs> uh, so we meet this dirtbag orderly that like hangs out outside the shower and tries to seduce uh, recovering heroin addict by saying he's got the keys to the medicine cat. It's so weird. We, this guy never gets his comeuppance too. He, and we never even see him again. This guy needed comeuppance. Yeah. Like this was not okay to let this guy live this, through this, this whole movie. This guy was like a victim from the start. Like he he's set up to be like the scumbag that's going to get killed. And he just has he this just one scene, and then he disappears. I wonder if there was a scene with him at all. I wonder. I wonder if he got if his death got cut because he is. It's so strange that he. Yeah. The more I think about it, it's so strange that this scene even exists. Like, because this guy doesn't play into fucking anything. Like this, he doesn't add anything to this. He's yeah. just like, hey, I got keys to drugs. Like nobody uses this guy for the keys to the drugs, or nobody. It's like he, he doesn't was a have a contest winner. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> you know, like, hey, be in a Freddy movie and we'll give you three lines of dialogue. They're never like, oh, that creepy orderly Alan has a place where he stashes his shit. We can get that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, nothing of this guy factors into anything in this movie. And he's just in and out. And it's like, all right, that happened. It should have. It absolutely should have been something. Because the thing that was interesting, uh, it was almost like he was a red herring because she was a heroin addict. Yeah. She doesn't give a shit about meth. But... He says, there's methamphetamine in the, he was like, that sweet, you know, what fucking medical grade meth yeah. or whatever. And it's like, well, she's a heroin addict. She's addicted <laughs> to, she was addicted to heroin. <laughs> like, not all drugs are the same. You're not just going to be like, I liked heroin, so fuck, I'll just do meth. He doesn't seem very smart, though. That is true. Mm. Um, yeah, weird, weird scene. It is a weird scene. Again, honestly, I would have preferred it because the one of the clunkier bits of exposition, I would have preferred it if they'd cut uh, Kincaid's dialogue where he says, at least I'm not injecting heroin with scumbags in alleyways or whatever. And it's like, that was really lame. Like that, <laughs> that was a lame bit of bit of drop. This thing would have explained that she was a heroin addict in a in a much more nuanced way. Yep. Which I would have liked better, but. Whatever. Uh, we go back to Jennifer, and she smokes a partial cigarette just enough to get it red hot and burns herself 
on the hand to stay awake. But she lost cigarette privileges. What the hell? I don't know. Consistency movie. Yeah, seriously. I mean, what kind of a fucking place doesn't have a smoking room, too? I mean, like, these guys are going to set themselves on fire. What are you thinking? That's crazy. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Target shooting archery classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the door's unlocked. (laughs) Just grab a bow. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) this is some great Wes Craven shocker moments here. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned little bit of our, our programming here. She flips channels and we get uh, the Dick Cavett show. He's interviewing Shaja Gabor and the screen goes all wacky and Freddy's there and he kills Shaja Gabor. So, so I Yay. read this fun fact that Dick Cavett got to pick who he was going to kill. And he picked Shaja Gabor because he said she was the stupidest person he has ever met. Yes. It would never be on his show. Yep. So, damn, dude. Good choice. Keep you, Some things you just don't need to say out loud, bro. <laughs> I just feel bad for Zsa <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes people will get to a level of stupid that you can just tell them they're stupid. And it just washes over them because... Is that Zsa I don't know I shit about Zsa I think she's Zsa. probably right at that level. I don't know a thing about her. It's just... too bad because Ava Gabor doesn't seem that crazy. <laughs> uh, but whatever. I think it's just the fact that she's so rich. Like, she was just known for being... Like, she married someone really rich and just was a vapid rich person. Oh, I, I should do it. that. Fuck, I know. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get back in that bubble. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. You need to find a new wife. Sorry, babe. You're just not rich enough <laughs> for me. <laughs> God, it would be, man, that would be convenient, but uh, probably not worth it. Uh, okay, so this is this is another this is another moment that I thought was, I can't decide if I feel like this is clunky or not. I'm going back and forth on it, but I remember this scene as just being a single one-liner, just a nice, clean "Welcome to prime time, bitch." Yep. But he has two one-liners here. Yeah. And, and it feels like the first one feels superfluous, you know, where he's like, this is your introduction to the, the you know, uh, prime whatever. What does he to, say? Uh, this is your, your big, big break, break in TV. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what he was supposed to say. And the welcome to primetime bitch was uh, an ad lib. Oh, that's fair. So when they were editing it together, they were like, oh, they, they, they couldn't decide which one to use. So they ended up using both. Yeah. And yeah, it is kind of weird, but like... It is weird it because been, it feels like it should be one or the other. I think other. the primetime bitch line is so strong that you it's just kind so of strong. like forget about the other one once it happens. And so in your head, you're just like, that's all you think about is welcome to primetime Exactly. Like nobody it's, ever quotes them. No, nobody ever quoting that scene ever says the first part. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like you don't remember that it exists. So I feel like it should have been cut. But yeah. I mean, it also does give you more Freddy. Which oh, yeah. in this instance is better. Which looks it, he, like he looks so good. The and that, arms the look so cool so again with the yeah everything. I keep, about I keep this. talking about the arms, but like damn, they just they look they make such cool effects on the yes. arms and the faucet arms. Yeah, it's it's so good. Um, but uh, he he shoves her head into the TV and leaves her hanging there, and it's kind of it's funny because it's like a bizarro version of Samara from The Ring. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he kind of does they, a reverse Samara. I find it funny though that this just gets chalked up as a suicide. <laughs> <laughs> it's it reminds me of when the uh, the the woman who was like the CEO of like Bitcoin or whatever they're like. And she was found dead of a suicide. She shot herself in the head four times and threw herself out a window. And it's like, 
did you are Wait, you being <laughs> like is the Russian mafia running the news? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's it's weird. Okay. So we go to the cemetery for yet another funeral for this guy. <laughs> this dude is attending three funerals a week. Easy. Uh, Dr. Neal meets a creepy nun who tells him that the rest of the kids will not be safe until the unquiet spirit is laid to rest. I uh, like the nun. Yeah, she's I remember fine. you saying you didn't like the nun that much. I like the nun. I think she's got a cool creep vibe, too. She does have a... She has a cool look. Interesting. Yeah, she's she's fine. She's fine. <laughs> Uh, it's, I feel I feel like this whole this whole subplot is one of the weaker parts of it. It, my my issue with this whole thing is more of a philosophical issue. It's not really a screenwriting issue. Yep. If you're watching this movie, even if you're somebody who watches this movie twenty times, you're like, whatever. That's a cool part of this, and it's part of his history and all that stuff. If you're somebody who's watched it a hundred times, you start getting into this feeling where you're like, oh wait a minute. What does this mean? This means that Freddy is blameless in this situation and that he was born to be evil. And it just it makes a, it, the statement that it makes is gross to me in a weird way. Yeah. And that's all. And it, it, it's, it's a dumb, it's a dumb thing to get hung up on for a movie. That's this good. It's, it's silly. And it's not something that anyone would have thought of when writing the, the movie either. So I was just saying, I like the nun. <laughs> I like her too. I think the actress <laughs> is great. Um, I think it's so weird that they choose to have her all in white, but I mean, I guess it's because she's a ghost later on. It's yeah. Such a, it's a weird... Ghost can't wear black, dude. <laughs> Come on. It, yeah, it's funny. It's <laughs> it's just, it's nice because I guess it's like, it's even... It's a spoiler in broad daylight. It, it's kind of a spoiler in broad daylight because it's also like, oh wait, nuns haven't dressed like that since the 30s. Mm. Oh, huh, interesting. <laughs> so, okay. So when Nancy shows up, she vanishes as though she were a ghost. There's your first <laughs> hint that she might not be a natural person. Um, and uh, Nancy and the doctor walk off like literally like he's holding her around the waist as they walk off. Yeah. And they're just some, like, and they're technically at work because funerals, funerals are now still part of on. their work. Yeah. And the funeral's still going on. Nobody cares. We're just like, all right, bye. Yeah, it's time to make out. <laughs> make out <laughs> cemetery next to some of the kids that we've endangered. Um, <laughs> they go back to Nancy's place for dinner, and it's still inappropriate. And uh, now that he's, this scene is one of the one of the more boring parts of the movie, but it also is one of the more important parts because it gets us to the idea. We we get to have him be like, I've tried everything. I've got he he really expresses that he's gone so far at this point and is out of ideas and doesn't know what to do. And Nancy's like, sounds like this might be about the time to drop this completely bonker dude's story on you. Because if at this point you're starting to get that, you're so far down the lane that you're like, okay, I might even believe anything. Yep. I might even believe that a dream killer is involved. Uh, so she does. She tells him the whole thing, uh, and uh, and he's like, "Yeah, sure. Let's let's get the let's get the band together and see what happens." Wait, fuck! Isn't Hypnocell make it so you don't dream? So she's gonna prescribe it to all of them and then go to the dream world with them. So it controls night terrors. 
So it may be something where it doesn't make you so that it doesn't suppress your dreams entirely. Uh, especially because I think that uh, not Nancy, uh, Kristen's power is the difference where they can sleep without Freddie killing them, mm-hmm. but they can also go into the dream world using Nancy's abilities. Okay. I do feel like them being prescribed hypnosil should have been dropped because it does not matter. It never affects anything later on yeah. in the script. That that You're whole right. thing yeah. is a pointless, pointless strange plot. Yeah. It's strange to think about how many dropped threads there are in this. There are a lot of them that it's like, why would you even mention this? Yeah. Huh. No reason. Uh but we go back into we go back into the into the group and Kristen's like, hey, guess what? You're all superheroes in the dream world. <laughs> and you can all find your powers. They get hypnotized. They're like, this isn't working. I don't know. Until the doctor pulls out his Newton's cradle and he's like, and then we get cartoon balls flying through the air. <laughs> Love me cartoon balls. <laughs> uh, but while they're, while they're in the middle of their whole like, uh, eh, I guess it I guess it didn't work while they're having the conversation about how they're still in the room so it clearly didn't work. Joey sees the hot nurse and takes off down the hallway. So we've lost Joey and yeah. we know where that's going. Uh and this is this is probably the most whack writing in the entire thing, but it's also super memorable because of how whack it is. Uh when Will is like in my dreams my legs are strong. In my dreams, I can walk. In my dreams, I'm the wizard master. <laughs> okay, I love it. Ooh, I, this whole scene is just so. It's almost like the tick in it, and how silly this whole. It is. What's your superpower? I can do some remedial gymnastics. <laughs> I'm. I'm an above-average gymnast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what's what's your superpower? I hate chairs. <laughs> uh, I can really point out the flaws in any chair. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like that inhuman who can point out the flaws in any sub any surface, except he can point out just chairs. <laughs> just bend the. What's your chairs. superpower? I chase babes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, well, he finds out his superpower later. Um, but then I we can get, yell no very loud. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's basically Black Canary. I mean, that's Black Canary's ability, too. Um, but this is when... Uh, so Kristen does her little gymnastics thing. Wizard Master turns one of the Newton's Cradle balls into a butterfly. Yeah. And, uh, and Kincaid bends a chair. <laughs> And and they're like, Taryn, what's your dream power? Oh yeah, I forgot her. And then she you see her from the back. She's wearing she's all clad in like a fucking like black leather and studs, just like Rob Halford, <laughs> except she's got a three foot tall mohawk. She turns around and she says, In my dreams, I'm beautiful. And then she produces two tiny switchblades, chicks them out, and she says, and bad. <laughs> Uh, again, if it hadn't been stupid, would it be memorable? Like the wizard master and the beautiful and bad lines are. They're, they're fun. They're fun. 
Like there's something about it that is great because it's not great. Like if they had written it in a way that was a better line, I would never have remembered it. Mm -hmm. You know, it wouldn't have stuck with me forever. So (laughs) you know what? It's great. doesn't matter. Uh, Meanwhile, while they're all showing off their superpowers, Joey is getting sexed up by a hot nurse. She's basically doing a, you know what? I wish they had shown him reading penthouse letters at the beginning of this. Because oh, that would have made this is so much like yes. I totally. never believed that this story was true, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm an inmate at a mental institution, and this hot nurse brought me into this room. Then she shot her tongue out at me and tied me to the bed. And once we boned, my teardrop tattoo disappeared. <laughs> well, weird. Several days before. Um, <laughs> But, I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm changing yeah. the letter. Oh, man. Nobody lies in those letters. Oh, yeah. What am I thinking? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, we know now that Freddy and the tall man have a, a pretty close link here where they, they both do. like to turn into ladies and, and seduce young men. I mean, they've been around for a while. You know what? They get bored. Exactly. They've got some fluid sexuality. I appreciate how forward thinking they are. Yep. Whatever. Uh, we get our gender fluid Freddy. There is a scene that was edited out of this where you see Freddy with the tits. Is that correct? I believe that is true. Oh, I don't know. I've never heard of that. I believe it is true yeah. that, that that there was a scene. Like mid-transformation? Mid-transformation. It's Robert Englund topless with boobs, like big Freddy face. And, yeah. <laughs> which I think is... A missed opportunity would have been very funny. Um, okay, so we get the super long tongue thing, and then she spits out the four tongues. They lash Joey to the bed, and we get another good Freddy pun. What's wrong? Feeling tongue-tied. <laughs> and uh, this, I think this is, that's like his first big pun, right? Well, it might be. Shit, that's crazy. Okay, the bed drops out, like the mattress drops out. He's tied so to the cool. thing, and underneath him is just a the hellscape yeah, down there. Just looks a, great. Bones just lying hellscape. on the wall. All yep. these skeleton bones running this pit. Amazing. See the mattress catch on fire before it even and hits the, the tongues are wriggling yeah. on his. Like they're they're still moving. Again, a million things that you could have done to fuck this up. That like if they hadn't been moving, it would have looked. It would not have looked anywhere near as good. Yep. They just try so hard like they're doing so much that's great um so our dream warriors finally realize that joey's missing they try to get out of the they try to leave the the room they're in and it starts burning and they're uh the walls turn into the metal boiler room walls and then the evil doctor lady walks in and wakes them all up and they're like what are you doing and this is Joey, an unauthorized group this is an unauthorized group you can't have therapy without me here and joey's meanwhile joey's like unresponsive on the ground in the middle so here's my question though when when what's his nuts phil got phil got puppeted out of the room he got taken all the way across the house but but when joey left the room he didn't really leave the room so pick a Pick a thing, dude. Why wasn't Joey found in the bed next door? The, Unresponsive. Like, I mean, I, I hear you, but also, and if, if he was, he would have been there with them. Like, he, 
I don't need I don't need an explanation for this. I I understand it from the screenwriting perspective. I understand that there have to be two different ways that you can be possessed by Freddy. Uh, this is basically his soul has been taken mm-hmm. because otherwise you could wake him up. And so he is in a coma now. So Freddy has taken his consciousness into the dream world. Whereas like Why does Freddy keep this guy alive? To lure them all in because he needs them to come down and he wants to They would be coming anyway. He's getting them all anyway. I don't feel like Freddy needs a hostage. I always thought this was kind of odd. It is it's weird, but it also allows them to allows him to say bitch one more time. Yeah, he does like that word. He does like <laughs> I don't I don't mean to uh I don't mean to point out things that Rick and Morty have already pointed out for us, but he loves the word bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh and and we now realize that with a lot of these ad libs, it's Robert England who likes the word. <laughs> it might not be Freddie. I don't know that the that the writers are really putting that in there. <laughs> Robert's like, uh, could I? I got I got one punch up for you. No, hold on before you say it. No, <laughs> but I I was just gonna say, could I? Say, no. I was just going to say bitch. <laughs> ah, fuck you. Okay, I got something new. Stop, stop. You going to say the C word, weren't you? Oh, uh, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, bitch. God, everybody's such a bitch. Um, <laughs> so, Neil's now, They everybody gets fired because Joey's in a coma and so... Neil's packing his shit into his car, and he sees that nun again. She's up in the window. <laughs> There's that damn nun There's again. There's that damn nun again. So he grabs a rock and smashes the lock on this abandoned part of the... This is now just used for rusty bed frames or whatever. They've filled this old version of the asylum. This is like yep. a TB ward or something. And, uh, and so he has to smash the door lock, goes in, and we get this whole story. It's a, it's a horrible story of... Uh, a young nun who was locked in this space and she was raped by a hundred maniacs. Horrible. Uh, And this is, and so now that's why Freddy is the bastard son of a hundred maniacs is what, and I mean, it does have a ring to it. It does. And if you wrote that line, you'd be like, Ooh, I think, I think I get to take the rest of the day off. Yeah. Bastard (laughs) son of a hundred maniacs. Just that ring is fucking. mm. And can we get a chance out of it too? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If only. Uh, Okay. Well, they do later on. That's right. (laughs) In part five or something. Son of a hundred maniacs. (laughs) Yeah. That is not something that I would taunt someone for. (laughs) Uh, okay, so Nancy's sitting with Joey. Freddy carves, come and get him, bitch, in his chest. And, uh, <laughs> he does love that word. <laughs> uh, Neil and Nancy go on a car ride somewhere, and they finally realize that they need to bury Freddy's remains on consecrated ground. And she's like, and he's like, how are we ever going to figure out where his remains are? I and, think this was a neat addition. Like, Oh, it's brilliant. Again. We never talked about that the last time. Like, they burned him. Now, now all of a sudden, oh, his body was never found? Yeah, this oh, this neat. movie does not get enough credit for, like, especially just because it's somebody coming in and taking unused plot themes and threads from the original movie and expounding on them to this amazing, to this amazing level and really turning it into something yep. meaningful. And it's like, oh, yeah, 
Of course her dad knows where the body is yeah. buried. He is the sheriff. He's mm-hmm. the one that made it so that no one would get in trouble for this yep. killing. So he's basically number one person responsible because he was the, the main person in the cover-up. Because he was in he was the person in authority. So she's like, and he needs to start talking. And of course, it's her dad. Um, and she knows just what bar to find him. She sure does. Uh, I have a feeling that that's not a coincidence, <laughs> that he's kind of probably always there. And so we see him. Uh, uh, oh, actually, before this, uh, Kristen goes to the dumb lady doctor. Uh, be- oh, or actually, sorry, Kristen's flipping her shit because she's getting sedated, blah, blah, blah. And uh, now uh, uh, Nancy shows up at the bar with John Saxon where he's drinking himself to death. And we see that he's wearing a security guard uniform. So without saying a word, without mentioning anything about how his life is going, we know that he's been fired from the police force yep. and has had to take what would be considered to him a menial step down from his, you know, position of power. Brilliant. As the, brilliant way to do that. Uh, and just the fact that it's never mentioned, it's yep. never said. It's so... I love it when a movie doesn't think that its audience is full of fucking morons. Yeah. Uh, Friday the 13th. Um, <laughs> I'm talking to you. Uh, but yeah. Haven't you noticed my security badge? <laughs> Haven't you noticed that this isn't a police badge anymore? Yeah, yeah. I, it would... <laughs> If this was like if this was a later Friday, that would be a piece of dialogue. Yeah. You know, you think my life can't get any worse? I'm working security. Let me tell you about you know. <laughs> uh, fuck that. This is so good. And again, very little wasted time in this script. Uh, so he's. Uh, oh, also, there's a great eight ball deluxe. Yes, there machine is. Behind very him, nice looking eight ball deluxe <laughs> machine. <there>. Probably that machine was basically new at the time. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, after a you while, you can play that game right now at uh, Wessie's. Oh, that's Westbrook. sweet, nice. Uh, after for... <laughs> yeah. to all our national listeners, yeah, come to yeah, spot. come come to Westbrook <laughs> to to those like three people in. Uh, oh my God, where do we have the fucking uh, Czech Republic or oh, something? Yeah. There's like I was looking at the map and there's like some people in Australia, some people. In... <laughs> they should come check it out. Oh shit! Well, we just lost them now, so uh, that, was, that was the end. Sorry, Sorry. thank you. Anyway, um, please write and review us <laughs> before you hate us. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, okay, yes. Uh, Neil's beeper goes off. It's one of the patients saying that that uh, pager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kristen's sedated, locked in the quiet room, and Neil's like, "Fuck." I've got to get tough with John Saxon. And it's like, dude, he was in Enter the Dragon. He's going to kick your ass. Luckily, he's drunk enough that he just lets him uh, act like a tough guy. So but then he's like, you're going to force me to show we, where you put the bones. Here, you drive. <laughs> Here, drunk. Yeah. Drive this car. And they uh, he he also forces him to stop at a church where he grabs his booze bottle, fills it up with, <laughs> with like holy that. water. It's great. great. Yep. He steals a crucifix. The priest catches him and he's like, here, keep my, keep my license. <laughs> I'll be back. Uh, Kristen's getting sleepy as Nancy races to the facility, but Lawrence Fishburne, she gets there. He's not going to let Nancy in No, especially not her. But he's like, yeah, I'll let you visit other people, though. So <laughs> you can visit the rest of these people. Uh, so he, she does. 
And they're like, we're going to have one last group session <laughs> to save her. And they do the hypnosis thing that they did before. And uh, while this is going on, Saxon's bringing Neil to Penny Brothers Auto Salvage Yard, where Freddy's bones are. And Saxon just... Buried. Not buried. No. And Saxon just has keys for this place for some reason. This is fascinating. There's Everything about this is weird. <laughs> um, th- this auto salvage yard is not an auto salvage yard. It's a... It's a junkyard. Yeah, I, nobody's salvaging anything. No, it's a crushed car yard. Yeah. Because, like, the thing that bothers me probably the most about this whole thing is, uh, cutting ahead here, they go in and they're like, where did you put the bones? Oh, I put it in the most expensive car where, like, literally the any any piece... red, pointy Cadillac. The most obvious one that literally any piece of this car you could take off and sell for several hundred dollars to a car collector. <laughs> like, of course someone's going to pop that fucking trunk. Are you kidding me? Of yeah. all the things in this yard, someone's going to yank that trunk off, bash it back into shape, and put it on their 56 Cadillac or whatever that thing is. Uh, Sick, my trunk came with a free skeleton. Oh, there's a skeleton. <laughs> exactly. Oh, how much for the skeleton? Uh, and it's got finger knives. As it turns out, that's the skeleton didn't have them, did they? It cuts him up with them. It does. Yeah, I think I think he's got like literal finger knives, though. I think he's got like magic finger knives, maybe nightmare two finger knives. Yeah, maybe. But he also he also fights him with a shovel. Shovel. So maybe not. Maybe he doesn't have them. Anyway, doesn't matter. Everybody's meeting up in the dream world. Freddy starts slicing up the quiet room the second they show up, and then he manages to make all of the the insulating material fly everywhere, and this obscures their vision so that he can separate them. Uh, So Kristen gets brought into her own dream she's and doing it, meth in the back alley oh no this is Kristen. this is hers oh, oh, she whoops. goes she goes back to the beginning of the movie that's and it's right, like that's neat oh it was all a dream the whole thing oh thank but god but we know it's not but of course not and so you know blah 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 turns out that freddie's out there in the hallway and he is the the guy that she was meeting with and freddie cuts her mom's head off and, and freddie's in a cool tux he's in a great tux <laughs> he looks great that guy can really pull off a tux <laughs> Um, and, uh, now Taryn goes into the alleyway. That's what I meant. Yep. And, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like a fucking Blade Runner alleyway too. <laughs> it's like so neon and hilarious, but whatever. She, uh, she fights Freddy. She gets a couple good licks in, but I mean, even th- those knives are going to do nothing. Yep. And, and we get that great visual of Freddy with his syringe fingers. Let's get high. Yeah. And... She has those gross little puckering Ugh. track marks on her arms, and he jams them in there. She's dead. She overdoses on dream. I guess her head was drugs. supposed to explode, but the effect was so. The effect oh, did not work shit. good, and they abandoned it. That's because we're. Because, yeah, Sarah and I were watching this, and be like, did she die? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, despite exactly. seeing this a hundred times, I'd be like, oh, wait, did she die? I was like, yes. <laughs> but it kind of like you kind of see a vein and some blue goop on her face. But I guess her oh, head was yeah. Oh, that's too bad. To that would have been amazing. Because it does feel a little anticlimactic. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Next up is Will. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, <wizard master. laughs> 
So, uh, Willard. Yes. So <laughs> Will is attacked by his wheelchair that has go- grown spikes, and uh, it's like it's very. Uh, this is cool. I, I love, like it. I it reminds me of uh, the cleaner scene in uh, Labyrinth. Oh, absolutely. You know, because he can't move from this gigantic spinning bladey thing. Yeah. Yeah. He gets his legs taken out, and Freddy's like, "Oh man, this guy's going to be a piece of cake." And he's like, <laughs> "Oh yeah." I'm not going to be a piece of cake because I'm the wizard master. He's <laughs> <laughs> just shooting off green lightning bolts all willy nilly. Blows up the blows up the chair in a great effect. Looks great. Um, and then he's uh, he casts a spell on Freddy, which this of all things in this series is like this should have worked. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is one of those moments where it's like, like Oh, you're fighting dream magic with dream with magic. Actual, like, you're literally imagining yourself as a magician using magic to fight magic. And he does. He literally calls on Elric, or their version of Elric, the yeah. Prince of Elves, uh, you know, so that Michael Moorcock doesn't sue them. <laughs> but uh, he cast a spell on him and freddy's like freddy pulls the fucking reverse nightmare one yeah he's like oh i learned this from nancy in the first movie <laughs> you have no power over me he's like i've come from beyond the goblin kingdom and <laughs> sorry that's the thing from labyrinth um yeah so he just kind of like st- it's yeah, weird it's this is the weakest kill in the, the weakest whole kill too they just lifts movie. him up and stabs him Bonk. it's like okay yeah, there should have been something else. Freddy should have like rolled a dice and cast his own spell or something like that, turned him exactly. into something. Yeah, it's it, it really was. It, I feel like again, it's it's just people not having a good grip on nerd stuff, and yep. so they were just like, I don't know, uh, stab him. <laughs> and it's like the stabbing would be like potented if it, if it was like a big character. Like then you're like, oh, yes. a big character got stabbed. It was like, oh, because you just you just stabby stab this little nerd who gives a shit. Stabbing Nancy at the end. Yeah, and that's, that's that's the, the big that's stab. The that's a, that's thing. an important that's when stab. You do that. Yes, he should be doing something more interesting, especially since you're dealing with something that is a crazy, like, magical thing, and you've already had this like ridiculous Ghostbusters lightning shit. There should mm-hmm. have been something else. Agreed. Yeah. Like if he had rolled dice and like that's what I was and thinking. He had like, gotten a natural twenty or something, and he'd been like, "Oh, looks like you crapped out," or who <laughs> fucking knows, whatever. Uh, but it doesn't matter. He's dead. So Nancy and Kristen are hanging out in a creepy nursery when Kincaid Kool Aid Man's through the wall, <laughs> and Kincaid's now like pulled his sleeves off and he's all tough. He's got something wrapped around his arm, and he's like, "Come on, Freddy, you pussy." <laughs> <laughs> and Freddy's like, oh, okay. Nobody calls me a pussy. Here, have a giant metal door into my boiler room. Uh, Which we, is a very neat visual. Really, really, really nice visual. Uh, John Saxon and Neil arrive at the heart of the junkyard, which, again, looks incredible. And we find out that the remains aren't even buried. They're just stuck in a trunk, <laughs> which is crazy. Again, Again the, the brightest colored car there. Like the with most, the, with the, with the most valuable. Sharp fins, arrows most, pointing like, to it, basically. Everything about this. This car in a salvage yard would have been salvaged. It's like, <laughs> that is the purpose. Nobody has even taken the like the glass lights off the back of it, which... I know for a fact would sell for hundreds of dollars on eBay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I guess it's the mid eighties, so they didn't have eBay. So that's why. 
Anyway, uh, but they, uh, Saxon is scared shitless, which is great. I love this. He literally tries to leave. Like, he's drunk, and he tries to steal the car to go back, and Neil's like, looking for Uh something. He's got the keys, and he's like, we're gonna give him a fucking, you know, whatever the, the, what does he say? I don't remember. We're going to get a long overdue funeral. A long overdue funeral. A funeral that's long overdue. Yes, that's right. And, uh... Grab a shovel. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I lost my pages. Huh, weird. That's very strange. <laughs> okay. Um, we go back to the boiler room now, is that right? Sure. Yeah. And uh, now we're uh, the Dream Warriors find Joey hanging over a pit of fire. Into Again, the fire! Is this the only hostage Freddy's ever taken? Hmm. I can't think of another time where he hasn't just, like, freaking outright kills somebody moved on. Like, Yeah, interesting. Aside from the boy in, like, New Nightmare. Oh, yeah. But, like, but I'm talking, like, any of the teens, like... Huh. Yeah, I think this is the only time he's ever... Yeah. Again, it's a kind of odd... It, but it, again, it's it's ground level, Freddy. It's it's figuring out, yeah, the character. He's, he's yeah. doing stuff. I mean, Freddy's always into new experiences with this stuff. He's just <laughs> like, maybe this time I'll take a hostage. Yeah, whatever. Who knows? Maybe next time I'll do like a Nakatomi Plaza kind of thing, and it'll like die hard this situation. It'll be awesome. I don't know. What else do you do when you're eternal? Exactly. Like. <laughs> He's just got like he's got crazy ideas. He's read a book that had a hostage situation in it, and he's like, "Ooh, let me do that. I want to try that." I'm gonna out. get myself boobs first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to do the three boob thing from Total Recall. Why not? Movie is awesome. <laughs> Freddie's probably just watching classic '80s movies the whole time he's down there. Why not? Okay, uh, Freddie's about to let him drop into the fire when Nancy grabs him. Kristen kickboxes Freddy for a little while. Nancy stabs him with some rebar. And, uh, he doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. She's never seen him this way. Never seen him so strong. Okay. <laughs> yes, you have. Yes. It was before you pulled him into the real world. 100% you have seen him this <laughs> strong before. You watched him pull his head off. Like he ripped his face off. You've seen him cut his fingers off. We've seen him like cut his chest open. You can see him do all of these things and nothing hurts. And him. you said you couldn't hurt him. So you had to pull him into the real world the last time. So, and you know, you're not you in, the real, you're not in the real time, world this time. So why wouldn't he be this strong? Nancy? That is, I again, like in a nearly perfect movie, that line does bother me yep. because you 100% have seen him this strong. And this is all just to, add this new element to it which is that Freddy is getting stronger with every person he kills and he says hey it's interesting that you point that out you know what (laughs) let me tell you something and he slices his shirt open and he's like check it out Uh, the souls of the children make me stronger (laughs) which is cool it is cool cool effect it's a cool effect Uh, we used to have that at Spooky World that was on display in the horror museum at Spooky World. Oh, that neat. that the prosthetic, yeah. Oh wow. And it was uh, humongous, right? Uh one of them was. Oh, yes. oh, you're just talking about the life the, the normal size. The one. life sized one was on mm, Yeah, it was the life sized one because it was the one that was made of foam latex mm-hmm. 
because they could squish your face through because it absolutely started like melting Ugh. in the in the fucking case it started melting because they never did anything to preserve it which is the saddest thing it's like guys mm. there are people who know how to fix those things but uh, yep. spooky world was like eh, we're only open mm. a month out of the year who cares we'll let that they also had king kong's arm from the 76 movie the full-sized King Kong's arm. Like, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> it was actually cool to see. Anyway, um, okay, so he's got Kincaid held up by the neck, and uh, he's about to flay him when he's like, wait a minute, I feel like somebody might be tickling my bones somewhere. This, this part bothers me that he doesn't say anything. He just, like, vanishes and leaves him hanging. Like, I feel like Freddy would have been like, don't, hold on one sec. <laughs> you know, just get something to take care of. Like, uh, I feel like you would have had a quip. But again, early Freddy. Early uh, Freddy. I mean, but it, it just definitely... seems so weird that he's just like, or like you said, like, who's playing with my bones? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, says something, but instead he just vanishes. So it like leaves everybody confused. Like, <laughs> I mean, granted, this is before Fishbone recorded that song, but I really would have liked it if he'd said somebody's boning in my boneyard <laughs> dropped him and then fishbones boning in the boneyard played over the over the top of it but would have also uh, been awesome <laughs> would have been awesome uh but that doesn't happen but he does just disappear drops kincaid and goes to ray harry housing his bones back to yes. life in the first time I saw this when I was a kid, I could not believe what I was watching. Yeah, I was just like, Oh my fuck, this is so so cool! cool. It's so (laughs) cool. So now Freddy's in the dream world, but now he's back into our world, possessing his own set of bones. Like, damn, this is amazing. I mean, (laughs) when I first saw it, I thought it was amazing. When I watched it last night, I thought it was fucking amazing. It's just fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, it is gorgeous, and it's like. It's a straight Ray Harryhausen, oh, yeah. you know, uh, what is it? Uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Jason and the Argonauts riff. Uh, but it's it's just perfect. Or the fight just looks a skeleton. Great. Not every skeleton that comes to life has to be a Jason and the Argonaut. Well, he was the first <laughs> skeleton to come alive using stop motion. So, um, but they fight. Go be a good Jason and the Argonaut. <laughs> uh, they fight. It's pretty believable i mean you can see obviously you know that you know that there's <laughs> you, a, you know there's not really a skeleton like, fight like when i when i watch this i'm like i feel like it's a real skeleton but i've never seen that in real life so i think it might be <laughs> this might be a special effect no 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 like you feel like he the, does <laughs> he does a little twirl with the shovel the twirl always cracks me up because so it looks good it looks so it's so cheese it's ball so though silly. like it's so not freddy like Oh, I, it looks like exactly. a ballerina. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> if he had, if he had literally like done some sort of kung fu move where he'd like spread out and he'd like <laughs> crouching tiger yeah. and like, like yeah. held it behind him, that would have been just as silly. But he, he doesn't. But he kills Saxon here. Yes, Saxon's like, I killed you once. I can kill you again. And it's <laughs> like, oh right, I killed you when you were a human, mm. and now you're a dream god. Oopsie, poopsie. <laughs> I need to pick my battles, but <laughs> yeah. go back to the bar. <laughs> I should have gone back to the bar. He tried. Uh, but Freddy, being uh, a villain in a movie, and this being the end of the third act, leaves Neil alive for reasons. That I don't understand. Well, he's got to go back and get the kids before they do what? what? Nothing. <laughs> Why don't you just kill Neil? Yes. But 
He doesn't. He leaves him unconscious, giving Neil the chance to... That's another him. crazy thing. The Dream Warriors here don't actually even kill Freddy. Nope. No. No, they don't. I mean... No, no, I guess they don't. <laughs> Which is funny, because... Again, this being number one and number three being the only two like really good entries in the original franchise, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I love all of them, yep. but like as far as being like really good movies and like yeah. really tight, um, the fact that Freddy's dead ends with killing him with his glove is like, dude. I mean, it had to be his daughter though, yeah. right? So it's something dumb. I don't it was. Know. Had to be somebody from his family or some shit like that, but still, it was weird that that you did that already. <laughs> you did this already. We we've already seen that, but uh, uh, and also that's right. Before Freddy, before Freddy leaves, I also love that he just lets his bones drop. Yeah, like, dude, hide yourself someplace, and then. <laughs> But he also, like, when he kills Saxon and knocks Neil out, he celebrates like a fucking, like a gorilla that's just beaten his opponent. Yeah. Or like a pro wrestler. He's like, ah! <laughs> Yeah. Very funny. Uh, okay, so back in Dreamland, our warriors are trapped in a literal hall of mirrors. And multiple Freddies grab them, pull them inside. Oh, no, what are they going to do? Joey's cowering in the corner and can't say anything until he says... No. Uh, to to paraphrase uh, Darth Vader in Episode Three. Yeah. No. <laughs> and all the mirrors break because yep. he says no. And all the mirrors break. Everybody flies out. And this is in a movie that, again, I love more than anything. This is a very frustrating scene where they're like, "It's over. We did it. We won. Why would you think it's over?" Nancy, of all people, it wasn't over, whatever, 15 years ago, however many years it's been yeah. since the first movie. It wasn't over then. Why would you think it's over now just because he smashed the mirrors? This is Thank an, you. That is an insane leap of logic. Yep. An insane leap of logic. But they do because, again, for the same reason that Freddy leaves Neil alive, the plot needed them to believe that it was over. So the ghost of John Saxon <laughs> shows up and is like, I couldn't, I'm... I crossed over, honey. I couldn't pass on without saying, hey, you know, I'll just drop him by to say, you know, sorry, I, I was an alcoholic scumbag. I left Earth, thought I'd pop into the dream world, and now I'm going to make my way to heaven. Uh, <laughs> I hope they've got hair pieces in heaven. <laughs> and uh, And he's... And she's like, oh, I should hug you because I trust everything in the dream world now that Freddy's clearly gone. Oh, crap, I got stabbed in the back. Oh, boy. <laughs> Probably should have seen that coming. Whoopsie doopsie. And, uh, it's like so, they made Nancy an instant idiot. Yes. It was It was like they gave her stupid juice and yeah. she was like, duh, okay. <laughs> For just one minute, she's been savvy this whole time yeah. until it's just like, I, who knows? They'd been feeding her lead paint chips through this whole movie, and it just finally, <laughs> finally kicked up. in. Uh, but she gets stabbed, and she's down for the count. But Neil wakes back up, starts finishing the ceremony, puts the holy water and the thing, and starts saying words and whatever. And... Just as he's doing that, Nancy comes back from the dead, stabs him, Freddy, with his own glove. 
and he does a twirly twirly lights burst out of him and he disappears it's a little, yeah, his his disappearance is a little lacking, I feel, too. I, I like the like, light show, I like the cross of the forehead, but then all of a sudden it's just like, bloop. Yeah, I, I, because I think that I think that if he had spun any more, it would have looked silly. I think the spinning is the thing that was like, oh, you're going to, okay, just enough. Yeah, I would have preferred him to explode. I would have liked an explosion, too. Agree. Um, and so Freddy's gone, but Nancy is also dead cut to yet another funeral but this one's for nancy neil sees the nun again chases after her she disappears in front of a tombstone that tombstone amanda Amanda kruger that's right that was because the lady that he was talking to before her name was something else because she had taken a nun name because nuns change their names like rappers just (laughs) because what's funny is that jay-z is also married to Jesus. Um, okay, so now Neil is sleeping peacefully with Nancy's dream doll and Freddy's house by his side. The lights go on in the Freddy house. I guess he... So did he just go to Nancy's house after she died and grab her shit? Yeah, probably. kind of weird, bro. He's a fucking freak. Um, he only had like one dinner with her. Yeah, I I don't think I think he was. Do you, you even have a key? Yeah, I think he smashed the lock. <laughs> okay, I think he's sleeping in her bed. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he got fired. He doesn't even have a home anymore. He does that, exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> as the lights go on in Freddy's house, we're played out by the sweet sounds of Dawkins' Dream Warriors, the greatest soundtrack song of all time. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, uh, Dawkins is one of those bands that is just not a great band. But man, do I ever love the two. The only two Dawkins songs I like are Into the Fire and Dream Warriors. And they're both in this movie. I obviously can't name anything but Dream Warriors. (laughs) Honestly, I can't remember anything else either. (laughs) And I own three Dawkins records. And they're just not memorable. Don Dawkins, just... He's a kind of a weak vocalist. Tell me you said that. What the hell is that? Oh my goodness. Hey, there's an alert on our phones. Oh, oh. Child abduction. Why well, didn't do it? Jesus, there's an amber alert, guys. <laughs> um Okay. Well, interesting. That's never I don't remember that Jeez happening. Louise. Anyway, uh so that's it. That is Nightmare Three, the Dream Warriors. Again, just Love it. It's classic. We'll watch this movie a million more times. But it is really funny because I hadn't watched it for a couple years, yeah. and I went into this being like, this is the perfect movie. Yeah. I even said that this morning when I put it on for Sarah. Yeah. She's like, it's like, it's the best one. It's the perfect movie. It's like, oh. It's my favorite one. Oh, I mean, it's everybody's favorite one, and with I mean, good reason. It's I mean, it's the I, best. I go back and forth between one and three. Yeah. I still think I still think one is a genius movie. I still like them all. Yes. Um, oh, and again, I like every one of them, yeah. even the absolute worst ones. Well, I mean, except I'm not a huge fan of the remake. No, no nobody is. Nobody um, is. But yeah, they're all fun. I mean, there's not one that there's not one that I like. I absolutely hate that one. No, in the no, series. No. And Freddy's dead. Well, has us probably. I just wish Freddy's makeup looked better than that. Like it looks like a freaking Walgreens mask. Like Fred, yeah. I mean, not that's, that bad. Okay. But no, go, no, no. But it's bad compared but to like not, this. It's not great. Yep. Uh, the, that's the thing that takes me out of that one. Because I mean, 
I understand why Robert England was like, listen, man, I'm I'm freaking out under this shit. I do not want to be in the chair for four fucking hours oh, every yeah. morning. Yep. You know, I get it. I would not want to either. And if I could do anything to make that faster, I would figure out what I could do to make <laughs> it faster. And the, yeah, the, the four part, whatever it is, the it's like in chunks. It looks fine. Yeah. I don't know. I do wish it looked better. I think it looks funky in this one, too. It's it's I think funny it looks perfect because to this one. I think it looks I think this is my favorite version. Yeah. But I don't think it looks on model for part one and part two. Oh no. Like it's I think it's just it's interesting that it does like I think it's got its own look in each one of them because I think there's a different makeup effects yeah. artist on almost every single one of them. So it's it's cool. I like that I like that it evolves and changes. Yep. Um but yeah, it's the Freddy movies are obviously super important to me. Uh, like just some of my favorite movies and uh, definitely my favorite horror franchise bar none. Uh, and obviously Rad Wraith is super influenced by it, which comes out this week, by the way. So it's in stores. Oh, is that everywhere. a comic book? It's a comic book, by the way. Um, Who wrote it? I did. I wrote a comic oh, called Rad Wraith and it is in stores now. <laughs> Christian Dabari did the artwork. It's got an awesome cover by, uh, by Barf Comics at Barf Comics. Uh, James, who is just fucking insane. And you can buy uh, issue one and two combined in one nice volume now. Yes, it is called the Rad Wraith Double Feature, and this is to announce that we're actually coming back with part three and four. Those will be out next month and the month following, and uh, and you can get them at Coast City Comics. If you ask, I'll draw something on it for you and uh, sign it. It's uh, it's good. You will like it. Yes. If you like skateboarding Freddies, it's <laughs> basically a skateboarding Freddy. Uh, imagine if the Wraith didn't have a car. He had a skateboard. <laughs> uh, that you was... lose the race. You lose your skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> but also the skateboard talks and is a monster. And uh, he's a monster. <laughs> it's a whole thing. You should read it. It's great. Uh, anyway, CoastCityComics.com, uh, that's where we are. And Funbox Monster Podcast, you should really follow us on Instagram and you should support us and all that stuff by rating and reviewing us and all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can be found at Matt Awkward VHS Fiend on the Instagrams and make sure you check out the Video Vagrants group on Facebook. All of those things are awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, again, uh, we asked you before and we did get some pretty decent feedback from people saying that they did want us to do more mainstream stuff. So we will occasionally oh, really? come back. To, yeah. The last time I, I asked, didn't know this. you never let me see what the viewers. Oh, sorry. Are. Some people had, had sent me messages and said, you know, it would be cool. I do like occasionally hearing you talk about movies that I've seen, <laughs> you know, less little devils. And honestly, Boy, when we do like something that literally no one can find, like Little Devils. Well, that's why I started it with I, I put it on my channel. Good job. Oh, by the way, if you want to do the Little Devils one, you can watch the movie on Matt's channel. Yes. So that is the way to do it. Uh, and uh, YouTube.com slash Matt Awkward. Nice. Thank you. Uh, and that's it. And I'm never going to sleep again because I drank way too much caffeine tonight. So. And you were eating spoonfuls of coffee. <laughs> yes. But that's <laughs> just what I do. Uh, I like to I like to have explosive diarrhea at random <laughs> times. It keeps me on my toes. It's the best. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week with something else. Yeah. Who knows? Could be anything. All right. Good night. Peace.